Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Don McCauley. Today we're welcoming your program author, Kathy J. Forty, and she is the author of Stacks, Library of Truth. Before I bring in today's guest, a quick reminder that selected interviews are available on our website, as well as on major platforms like Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many more. Kathy, how are you? Hi, Don. I'm fine, thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Well, I'm a clinical psychologist. Also, before I became into the psychology field, I worked in the news field in New York and CBS News. And I'm an inventor, and I'm an intense person of curiosity about all things. So tell us about your book. Well, Stack's Library of Truth came to me in a dream one night, and I became obsessed with writing down this plot. It happens in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C.'s Library of Congress, which is a fascinating place. And this employee, a new employee, stumbles upon an interdimensional library of truth where all the truth is kept on everyone and everything in holographic records from the beginning of time. And his job is to try to release some of that truth so people find out what's really going on and how it's been manipulated since day one. Now, who did you write your book for specifically? Who's your target audience here? Well, I wrote it first for myself. This is during the COVID years, and I really wanted to entertain myself. And if I figure if it could pass me, I'm a really high critic, you know, of plots and what entertains. So I figured if it passed my screen first, it would probably pass others. This book is for anyone 18 to 80. I've had even 90-year-olds read this book, male, female, all academic levels. So it's not just one little population. It's many populations can fit into this group. At least that's what my fan mail tells me. Now, could you say there's any type of central message or perhaps underlying theme that you would say runs throughout your book? Well, man is searching since time immortal, we're all searching for some type of universal truth in a world of lies. And I think many will admit to that they've seen a lot of deceit in our world today. And so this character, the main character of the book, Zach Eldridge, is searching for this truth and realizes that this truth needs to get out there, but it's been manipulated by this ancient society since the beginning of time. And he has to employ a deep throat in Washington, D.C., and the rabbit hole just keeps getting deeper and deeper, which led to three books. I intended it as one book, but it led to three books. So if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life? Humanity. You know, our beginnings of humanity. Most of this book came to me, and I'd have to back up a little bit to say I had a near-death experience in 2003, and I came back kind of knowing certain things that maybe other people didn't always have access to. So while I was writing this book, things were coming through that I didn't have knowledge of, and I included it in there, and I think that the reader will be greatly surprised by what they find in the book. So if you were asked to compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why? 
Well, I can only say that it's very like the X-Files and taking it one step further. There is, of course, an alien agenda, which gets into later in the books, and how this has been a part of manipulating mankind as well. But there's so many other facets to it. That's why I say this rabbit hole keeps getting deeper for our main character the further he gets into it. But yes, it's more like X-Files and beyond. Tell us briefly about some of the characters in the book. Well, as a clinical psychologist, I have dealt with some very unusual psychopathology, and I drew on that knowledge of psychopathology to create characters that were very different. Our main character, Zach Eldridge, has acquired savant syndrome from an early baseball accident at age seven years old, and because of it, he develops synesthesia, which means that he sees people and objects and things in numbers, and all these numbers and patterns that he see actually helps him in solving some of the mysteries that are involved with this library of truth, a library within a library, which no one would ever expect to look at, that truth is hidden right before our eyes. So do you really think there could be a portal to truth somewhere out there? Well, a lot of the ancient books, the Mahabharata, the Ramayana, they talk all about Akashic records, something called the Akashic records, where they said it's life history on every human being or soul out there. And this has been in many ancient texts and books. So I would only say that the library of truth might be very similar to the ancient Akashic records. And do I hope that they really exist? I certainly do. Now, you did some research at the Library of Congress. What was that like? Well, it was interesting because, you know, I said after my near-death experience, I became very intuitive, and I was told to get there and do research no later than March 1st, 2020. And of course, I got there the first week of March. The next week, the whole country shut down for COVID, and I never would have been able to do the research I did. I was taken through the back stacks of the library, which the general public does not have access to. So I met with the librarians there in every room to try to get everything exactly realistic, even if an employee of the library was to read my book, they would say, wow. She's got this really down pat. And so I wrote the first chapter, pretty much most of the first chapter, in the main reading room of the library. I wove in a lot of the Masonic symbology and the architecture and all of its ancient meanings in the Library of Congress into Stack's Library of Truth. So you get a little bit of behind the scenes of, you know, Thomas Jefferson started that library, and a lot of people don't know what was involved in starting that. And that, too, is woven into the book. So how did you come up with the idea for this story? Well, as I mentioned earlier, it came to me in a dream one night. I woke up in the middle of the night. It was clear as could be, you know, about this interdimensional portal. And I couldn't get to sleep until I started writing everything down. I knew where the book would eventually end, but I did not know all the parts and plot points in between. And it was a story that wanted to be told. And after writing it, people started saying, do you know that some of that stuff is coming out now? How did you know this actually is coming true now. And I just smile and say, well, you know, it was kind of in some ways a channeled book. And I didn't expect some of the things that came through to come through on this book. But yes, it came through first in a dream. So I think it was divinely inspired. Now, some people have said that the stories are nonfiction sci-fi. What does that mean? You know, maybe we need a new category because some things in sci-fi that were once 
accepted as in the realm of fantasy, we're starting to explore in our world about aliens, about space, about dimensions and dimensional theories and so forth. So some of that is now actually accepted as a truth. Some of the things in the book, political things that are happening in Washington when I was writing it, weren't happening at the time, but are happening now. So that's why people say, you know, is this somebody in Washington that you're talking about? And I say, put a disclaimer, all characters are fictional, but I'll leave the reader to decide that. But yes, I think we need a new category, nonfiction sci-fi. Are there going to be any more books in the series? Well, there's three books, Stack's Library of Truth, Stack's Awakening Truth, and Stack's Truth Will Set You Free. And after I wrote the third one, I loved being in that whole world that I had created. And I started to feel a little postpartum depression there of letting go of that baby in that world. And I kept thinking, well, maybe there's another book in there. What happens 20 years later? And one of the young girl characters who's a very psychic little seven-year-old girl, and people wanted to know what happened to little Izzy. What did she develop into? And so I've started writing that. And we'll see what happens. Maybe there'll be a prequel or other characters that spin off. We'll see what happens. Now, did your environment or upbringing, perhaps, play any major role in your writing? Well, when I was eight years old, I won a writing contest, and this was in Chicago, and the prize was to go on Bozo's Circus and sell Girl Scout cookies. I was a brownie, and I realized, oh, I have some writing ability there. So before I became a psychologist, I got my undergraduate degree in broadcast journalism and wrote some children's books on death and dying. And so, yeah, this will be my fifth book so far. And I write blogs and articles on Egypt because I'm an Egypt explorer and speak proficiently on mystery schools of Egypt. So all of that has come into play. I've woven some of those things about Egypt. I've explored the water tunnels under the Great Pyramid. I've been up the tunnels under the Sphinx. And I've included some of those adventures that I've had in my books as well. So people understand this is not something most tourists are aware of. So there's a lot of truth in the books that you're not going to get in the mainstream. So what can you tell us about this genre and why you decided to write in this genre? It allowed me to take a little bit more licenses. I mean, it is a multi-genre book, primarily sci-fi, but it's thriller, crime, romance. I like to say it has something for everyone in there, you know, depending on what you're looking at. And it was easier to write some of my experiences in there under the realm of sci-fi because I've had very strange experiences all my life. Maybe it was after I had my near-death experience and came back from the dead that some of this came to light. And so it was easier sharing it that way, although I do have a book, Fractals of God, A Psychologist's Near-Death Experience and Journeys into the Mystical, which did talk about my near-death. But, you know, I was able to weave some of that stuff I've learned from them into these truth series books. So what's been your most rewarding experience since publishing this book? The fan letters. I didn't expect to get all the fan letters I did, you know, and people were saying exactly, who is this person that you're writing about? Because it sounds like somebody familiar. And, you know, sometimes they would guess. And of course, I wasn't going to say because some of it is a compilation as well. And most of the time they said, this feels like you're writing really true stuff. How come you published it under sci-fi? 
And for the reason I said before, you know, sometimes it's easier and more palatable under a sci-fi platform than a nonfiction platform. So if you had to choose, would you say you're more of a character artist or more a plot-driven writer? These books strive for both. I take my psychology background and I want to make really realistic but unusual characters, but I also want the plot to move fast. Some people say you write in a very cinematic style. It feels like a TV script. Well, I have experience in television writing too, so that may come into effect. You know, very fast scenes, thing is moving along fast, and the characters feel so real. I've been told. And if they feel real to me and pass my psychopathology as a psychologist test, then I think that other people will find it as well. So in your opinion, who should buy your book? I wrote this book for everyone who's searching for universal truth. And you're going to find a lot of truths in there and some you'll really resonate to, some you may not resonate to. But it also opens the reader to the unknown and to trying to get a glimpse into the other dimensions, which I saw because of my near-death experience, and realized that there's a lot of things out there we don't understand, and this is a very incredible world we live in. Do you have a website? The website is stackslibraryoftruth.com, and there you'll find the books are Amazon, they're through Ingram Sparks, Barnes & Noble. The first two stories are both available on Audible. And um, the third story in the trilogy series is going into production soon for Audible. So all the information and more and some of my background can be found on StaxLibraryOfTruth.com. Could you spell your name for us, please? Kathy, that's with a K, K-A-T-H-Y, and the last name is Forti, F-O-R-T-I. Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been Kathy J. Forty, and she is the author of Stacks, Library of Truth. Kathy, thanks very much for being with us today. Thanks, Don. This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of The Author Show. Go out there, buy the book today, and please share this interview with your friends so that they, too, have the opportunity to discover our guests and their work. The Author Show can be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com, and whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books to read, The Author Show is a great place to start. Check us daily as we continue to introduce wonderful authors of very interesting books on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.